Hello, and welcome to the Tiny Podcast Bicentennial Special. I'm your host, Ryan Ward, and today we're going to be talking about sports history in Manchester. We've got three guests today. I'm going to let them introduce themselves. First off is Tim. Hi, Tim. Hi. Uh, my name is Tim O'Neill. I am presently employed by the town of Manchester as the uh, administrative staff attorney for the town, but I grew up in Manchester and, and played a variety of sports in Manchester, starting with uh, Little League and uh, continuing at uh, uh, East Catholic High School. I played baseball there. I played a little baseball at UConn and also played football at East Catholic. However, after getting out of college um, is when I really uh, appreciated the uh, amount of sports activities in Manchester because for the next 30, 35 years or so, um, I played in the rec softball leagues. I played in the rec basketball league. I umpired in the rec softball league. So I have a deep appreciation for the the emphasis that the town of Manchester puts on providing sports programming for its residents. Fantastic. Well, thank you. Hi, my name is Joe Camposio. I'm a former Manchester High graduate, graduated in 1960, and loved sports. Right. To the point where I probably spent a little bit more time loving sports than I did reading books. But nonetheless, <laughs> it did work out. And uh, I have enjoyed being a sport person from the day I played Little League Baseball. And ultimately uh, went and continued to play baseball even in college. I went to a college in, in Louisville, Kentucky called Bellarmine University these days. And I was not on the starting team, but I was on the team. <laughs> yeah. And I had some great opportunities to meet some great people in the Kentucky area. And, and continuing with that, I played softball in Manchester, had some good friends, and, and was, have been involved with the, with the Manchester Hall of Fame and the selection of people who rightfully uh, can and should be recognized for their accomplishments in sports. So Manchester's a good town. I have worked in Manchester for the town of Manchester as a formerly as the uh, uh, as a, as a head of um, the number of things that I've done. <laughs> but in this particular case, I was a town clerk in Manchester for 26 years. Right. And prior to that, I worked uh, in 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 the uh, different uh, public places and and state earned places. But it was a good opportunity for sports to meet people and to understand and see the, the benefits of the community and what it can and does do for people of athletic power. Fantastic. Mm -hmm. My name is Nate Agustinelli, graduated from Manchester High School, played sports in high school too. I was on a football team. Uh, loved Manchester sports from the beginning. Yeah. Of course, I was fortunate enough to view an awful lot of the sport activity in Manchester, uh, which was during before World War II and after World War II, which was really a very big high point. Uh, most all of us were products of immigrants, and we had all kinds of teams that were the products of these immigrants were playing ball. We had the Italian-Americans, the British-Americans, the Polish-Americans, the German-Americans, the British-Americans, and the Irish-Americans. And uh, the competition was fantastic, not only in the baseball, but the football and everything else. And my great interest in in sports in Manchester continued. Oh, I also served as mayor of the town of Manchester. I served as comptroller of the state of Connecticut, and I wound up my career with 25 years as a bank president. And uh, there's 
Steve Cassano, who was a former mayor, also a state senator, came into my office one day. We were very good friends anyway. Earl Yost, who was a sports editor, wrote many, many articles for Manchester Sports and uh, Manchester Herald, the Hartford Current, and other newspapers. Uh, the three of us got together, and uh, it was the idea we should start a sports hall of fame. Mm. And that's what we did. We got together. We started the Sports Hall of Fame. And uh, after we went through this very difficult period of the first five or ten years at the Sports Hall of Fame, it became a staple in Manchester. Tim heads it up uh, now and has done a great job for them. And uh, we've been able to honor a lot of great people that have been very active in the sports in Manchester. Absolutely. That's it. Thank you very much, gentlemen. I really appreciate those intros. Thank you for being here, for talking about this. I think it's very clear, you know, you know, even here in Northwest Park, we've got the baseball fields here. Sports are everywhere in Manchester. Yes. It's very prevalent. I see people playing basketball on every court any given day. I see people in the fields. we got cricket fields. So, I, I, you know, as somebody who witnesses it, you know, at this time, it's still very prevalent. So, you know, thanks for helping keep that, the sports alive in Manchester. Tim, you had said that you had prepared a little kind of intro for us. What, yeah, what for us? I, I thought maybe what we could do is kind of set the background of, of the town history and, and, and talk a little bit about how probably sports evolved in Manchester. Uh, Manchester, and it's, it's interesting, obviously, that this is the 200th uh, anniversary of the founding of uh, the town of Manchester in 1823. Uh, during the 1800s, the, the Cheney brothers... Uh, established a, a set of mills on the south part of town. Uh, Manchester became known as the Silk City, and it was a large, large employer, clearly the largest employer in the town of Manchester. And it atta- attracted, as, as Nate Gustinelli indicated, it attracted large uh, populations of immigrants uh, you know, from Italy, from Poland, from Germany, from uh, Ireland. And those immigrants settled in Manchester uh, in, in distinct neighborhoods and worked at Cheney Mills. Mm-hmm. Um, at the turn of the century, uh, a lot of labor laws were passed in this country, mm-hmm. which restricted you know, who could be working and at what age they could be working and what hours they could be working. That then created for the younger people uh, a, a space of open of open time, you yeah. know, free time, leisure time. Yeah. And what happened is, uh, they started. These young people started to develop an interest in sports and and organized sports and 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 played uh, sports uh, as as their grouping in their neighborhoods yeah. against each other, hmm. uh, so that the town became um, a, a town in which sports became a very important. Uh, item mm-hmm. for the younger people who were no longer, you know, working at age 12, 13, 14 in the mills. Right. Um, and they they developed these uh, neighborhood rivalries, uh, mm-hmm. and a lot of the uh, facilities uh, on which the games were played uh, were built by Cheney Brothers. Cheney mm-hmm. Brothers uh, not only had such a, a, a large presence in town for its business operations, but for leisure activities as well, okay. they built a lot of the facilities in town. Okay. Um, so as you get into the 1900s, now you, you can see the sports emphasis in town, and you can see what is developing around town, 
And with the help of the Cheney brothers, the facilities that grew up around town, and Manchester got what I think is a pretty early start for other communities and municipalities in Connecticut of, of creating a foundation for sports to exist. Mm. Um, one of the things Nate mentioned was the uh, Manchester Sports Hall of Fame. The, the other thing that I want to mention before we start getting into some of the details is the fact that the Manchester Road Race, mm. the five-mile road race, actually 4.78-mile road <laughs> race, which is held every Thanksgiving, is, is not only a national event, it's an international event. Yes. And mm. it, is one of the, it is one of the biggest days in Manchester. And it started uh, in the 1900s, in the early 1900s, in the 1920s, uh, with some high school runners who, who established the, the uh, pattern of having a, a, a race, a road race, on Thanksgiving Day. Wow. So uh, that just kind of sets the background, I think, uh, for why sports evolved in Manchester. Yeah. And I think at this point, you know, Joe and Nate can probably fill us in on some of the years in the 1920s, 1930s, 1940s, and 1950s, because I was born in 1951, so I could kind of carry it yeah, from, from there. there. Yeah, 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 for sure. Well, yeah, Nate or Joe, is there anything, you know, you had spoken about in, in World War II time frame, right. Um, was, was it was it kind of the same thing where there was it was like na- it was the neighborhood or it, by that point was it a little bit more established? No, it was pretty well neighborhood because okay. uh, there was a total lack of money back in those days. You mm. know, it wasn't wasn't like it is today. Right. And uh, and all the young people would play sports. Right. Everybody, good or bad, they played. And uh, they used to use you know the ball was wrapped up because it was falling apart and. <laughs> When somebody took their ball and bat and went home, the game was over, you know, that kind <laughs> yeah, of thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, what happened after World War II, which was very interesting, uh, Manchester exploded because most of these people that were uh, sons of immigrants had served in World War II and had came home mm-hmm. and started these ball teams and got into sports very, very heavily. Uh, incidentally, during World War II, and I remember these things, I don't know if that's good or bad at my age, but <laughs> uh, Mount Nebo, yeah. where they used to play, they couldn't play there during World War II because the troops were stationed there. Oh, wow. There was war really? troops stationed there. Huh. So they used to play the football games down at the West Side Oval, yeah. uh, which was very interesting. And uh, uh, it was a very uh, warlike atmosphere all throughout town. Interesting. Uh, you probably remember, Joe, when we used to have to block right. out uh, right. the windows, you know, uh, so you couldn't see the lights, and wow, we had yeah. somebody on top of where the police station is now, guard watching for planes coming over, wow, and all these yeah. different kinds of things. But sports was the big, big thing. It was the easy way to let it let it out of you, you know, to yeah. get get that extra energy out of you. The folks did not have any money. No. Uh, they couldn't help you. Somebody said to me one time, "Did you play hockey?" I said, "If I ever came home and told my mother and father I want to play hockey and buy some of that equipment." They would ask me to leave the house because <laughs> yeah. it, it just it just wouldn't happen. Yeah. Uh, so yeah. hockey and golf were out as far as that that generation goes. Okay, yeah. Uh, because of the monies and is not available. Wow, but uh, that as we progressed, uh, we had we had a basketball team, uh, semi professional. Uh, they used to play at the Manchester Armory on Friday nights, and it was a sellout every single night. Wow. You couldn't get in there. It was it was just a fantastic fantastic atmosphere. Uh, the town was caught up in sports. 
uh, we used to play football games. I played semi-pro up at uh, Mount Nebo at the time, and we used to, stands would be packed. Yeah. But of course, this was all before television. Right. Once television came into being, everything changed. That certainly did too. So the crowds didn't come like they used to and whatnot. So it tapered off a little bit. Yeah. But the desire for sports continued, uh, even today. You know, they started the little league, and they started the all kinds of other uh, programs for sports. And I think both of you know it. In Manchester, we have a very sports-like atmosphere for young people if they want to play. Absolutely. And uh, that was a lot of a joy. You might want to pick it up from there. Yeah. Um, what I found to be very, very interesting, and, you know, mind you, uh, my stepping into playing little league baseball was in the, in the mid, mid-50s. But I got to see things really beginning to grow in the value of, of sports in a sense of it made, I think, a wonderful opportunity for community engagement, for people to be yeah. friends of one another. Right. I mean, going to the point where I look at the rec department and we had Sulphur softball that became organized some years later with sponsors. But prior to that, uh, we had a team from each one of the playgrounds. And that really enhanced the quality of, of understanding and the friendships that we had even in this time. Yeah. And if you go forward and look at the value of what took place with, uh, with the many places that, that had mills and had places where they hired people coming here for, to participate and play, play baseball, mm. let's say, and basketball. And you had very, very few professional teams but there were many teams that were semi-professional. Mm-hmm. And they played, the football, for example, had it, as Nate said earlier, they had a tremendous football team yeah. that played in Manchester. Even at the high school level, it was quite understood that in the early 50s, uh, Manchester High had an outstanding football team, one that went on to become, one of the players to become uh, all uh, state in, mm-hmm. in Connecticut and eventually went to uh, in Alabama to play and uh, as a professional as, or as a college student and uh, there's just a lot of talent and so what we saw was very intriguing and, and mindfully mm-hmm. good to see how sports jettisoned into becoming a great opportunity for people including at some point, we were getting female ladies in, in the in the later part of the uh, 1970s and 80s, and they were part of a of yeah. a softball team. So it really is a very thing to be very very proud of yeah. of what had been accomplished. And going to the point of even accepting, you know, <laughs> I remember one year I think it was 1954 55. Uh, we talk about Mount Nebo, the very famous yeah. baseball field. Yeah. Um, the team that came from, I think it was one of the places in, in Connecticut that had a business, and they came and put a baseball team together to play at Mount Nebo Field against the major leaguers. <laughs> the major leaguers were not playing then because their season was over. Right. And we had full teams of, of major leaguers wearing their... Uh, the New York Giants uniforms, wow. and we had that take place in in the uh, in, in the ballpark wow. there at Mount Nebo. Yeah. So Mount Nebo was also the home of the uh, 
the legional legion program for the country mm -hmm. and they had a, a legion uh, baseball program and manchester was the home of the uh, new england championships wow. and and players came from there that eventually went on to becoming ball players uh, of professional value as well wow. so my point is that there's an awful lot of uniqueness and growth and understanding and and really a, a love for this town and to make it such better. Wow. Yeah. Well, thank you both for sharing all of that. What was your experience growing up there? Well, before we get into my experience, yeah. <laughs> uh, if you drive around town, yeah, you you can see all of the fields and facilities dedicated to sports, and it's 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 very impressive. Baseball field, right. basketball court, tennis court. Mm -hmm. Uh, one of the more interesting uh, sports fields that was developed, and I'm going to need some help from Nate on this, uh, when uh, they built I-384, uh, they came through Manchester um, and the southern part of town, 384, uh, runs out uh, through to Bolton. Mm -hmm. What they did in creating that highway is they preserved what is what we know uh, as Charter Oak Park, mm. and in Charter Oak Park has a softball field. It had multiple softball fields at one point. Basketball courts, tennis courts, um, uh, soccer fields, and it was featured, I believe, Nate, in Time Magazine when it was developed yeah. uh, as yeah. really a unique development of a highway system which incorporated, you know, recreational facilities. Correct? Mm. Yeah. Well, the planning director had to come up with a new new concept where where they cut off and you have all this inside part. He developed a way that that could be used for sports and the soccer team used it for years yeah. after that. Oh, interesting, okay. Yeah. But uh, that, I don't know if you want me to comment on Yeah, on, go ahead. On, yeah. On, yeah. Well, what happened, yeah. the, the highway system came through and we were very worried because it was cutting through Mount Nebo yeah. oh, okay. and what, what effect it would have. And we got a, a a large sum of money for it. And everybody in Manchester had all kinds of different ways to spend the money, which is not unusual, by the way. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and fortunately or unfortunately, I was serving as mayor at the time, and I was still very sports-oriented. So I got a hold of a friend of mine who was an architect, and I had him draw me up a sketch if we put uh, ball teams down on uh, Chatter Oak Park. And he did. Uh, what's his name? Lampson? Lampson. Mm -hmm. Alan yeah. Lampson. Yeah, he drew, yeah. It, he drew it for me. So... And then I released, I had a press conference and I released it and I sent it out and it caught on. Of course, I was in a position of a little bit of power too, but uh, we got it through for sports down there and it was, a, it was a nice place. But ever since then, it has evolved where better ideas than mine have really made that a first class place down there. When they, to, they come from all over. The surrounding towns don't have this. So yeah. they come to... If I can ask you that question, Nate, was it not... True that in the, in the early or late fifties, when that field was changed because of the highway there, and wasn't it recognized by the federal government as one of the unique and best fields for yeah, well, recognition we, of? of yeah, we had a planning so director on, yeah. that had a lot of good foresight. It was given an award too, I think. Yes, it was. Tamsky was his name, but General Park is really. Uh, it's a gold star. Yeah, it stands yeah. out in Manchester. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah, I think I think that's probably one of the most popular parks in Manchester. Yeah. And what uh, happened 
it didn't infringe that much on, on uh, Mount Nebo, right. so that Mount Nebo was able to continue right. to play sports. In fact, our ball team was a baseball field up there. It's one of the best in the state yes. that wow. they play up there. Well, the, the Legion team especially yeah. was a good one. Yeah, so it sounds like Mount, yeah, Mount Nebo was very important to that kind of that infrastructure of sports. Well, it was the, the, the football teams, the semi-pro teams played there. Uh, baseball was was very very big. Yeah. And uh, well, it was good they were able to keep Mount, yeah. the integrity of Mount. It, it was Nebo. interesting, you know, one interesting little sidelight, and I don't know if I should even bring it up, but the British American team, which was playing in Manchester, oh, yeah. they had a great team uh, in semi-pro, mm -hmm. and they were having the semi-pro. Finals out in uh, Kansas, if I've mm -hmm. not uh, forgotten. And there was a fellow that was on the team, Dick Cobb, who was a very good friend of mine, black individual. Uh, he ended up uh, sports director at Manchester High School before he retired. In fact, when he passed away, I was uh, uh, a pallbearer at his funeral. Mm -hmm. Well, they went out there and they were checking into the hotel. Mm -hmm. And they saw Dick there. And he says, well, he can't stay here. Mm -hmm. And it still chokes me up when I think about it. The whole team walked out, which was, I thought, fantastic. That is, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. I absolutely. Th I thought it was fantastic. That's, that's the camaraderie. That, that is a hundred, that's, that's what a that's, team is. That's the way we were, because we were from all parts of Europe and all other places. Oh, yeah. I don't think we had any, any so-called racism or whatever you want to call it nowadays. You know, if we liked an individual, we liked them. We didn't yeah. care. Tall or short, color, anything and, else. And, and one of the greatest opportunities to enhance people living in the area, as we've experienced in Manchester, was to have friendship and, mm -hmm. and understanding. And it really made a big difference in how we how we would do things. It's a melting pot. Manchester's yes. a melting pot. It is, yes. it is not. Yeah. It is not just one group. It is ever. It is. It is. It is so many different groups. Sure. That that you know, and, and I think in sports as well. You know, we can all attest that having you know people have so many bring so many different strengths and so many different things into sports sure. that having that that variety of people is essential that's that's i would want that in in my team Absolutely. you know and i think manchester that, i think mm. that thank you for sharing that story because yeah. i think that, well, that one, sports one has, the, has felt facilitated one of the most moving stories i ever heard yeah. and like i say and uh, incidentally dick cobb was on my bank board you know i was yeah, playing for yeah. the bank with a, a great great guy yeah. in later years and he was a tremendous ball player yeah uh, we inducted him into the hall of fame quite yeah. a few years ago <laughs> Uh, left-handed hitter could hit that ball like you wouldn't believe <laughs> and uh, in later years he lost both legs which oh, was man. very unfortunate yeah and, uh, and and if you if you look at what took place particularly with sports at large yeah and and particularly in the school systems the junior highs and the high schools they most of the, the men and women were wearing the uniform and playing for the town of Manchester and it, you could just you could just see how how it was affecting how happy and and really loyal and and proud people yeah uh, that would experience that That's and great. it kind of got kicked in right after the world war ii and and i think it shows it was a lot of uh, interest and a lot of uh, a love and understanding among people That's fair. all right so tim yes so um 
I'm going to give you some of my experiences in, yeah. in, in Manchester with sports, but I want to go back to, you keep, you keep hearing the, the name Mount Nebo. Yeah, Mount Nebo. Yeah. When I was growing up in Manchester in the 1950s when I was a kid, Mount Nebo was the home of a lot of sports activities, yeah. I mean, p- particularly the Manchester American Legion baseball team, Absolutely. which was a very successful Legion baseball program and produced a lot of really good players. And if you went up to Mount Nebo, which I would go mm. with my father on a Sunday afternoon, <laughs> there would be thousands of people wow. on both sides of the foul lines watching the games. And wow. it was re- I, I thought I, I thought I was watching minor league baseball. It yeah, was, it, yeah, it was yeah. that good. That's crazy. Um, and it was it, and it would they were very well attended. And they passed the hat, yeah, uh, you know, yeah, for yeah. donations. Um, but and again, I'm going to ask these two to, to help out with this. Those 1950s teams and late 50s and, and early 60s produced some really good ball players. Some of whom went into the minor leagues, and and one or two who may have had a, a, a short stay in the major leagues. I remember specifically Gene Johnson, mm-hmm. who made it all the way up to the uh, Braves AAA level uh, until he realized that he was being blocked by uh, a Hall of Fame player, Hall of Fame third baseman named Eddie Matthews. So Gene Johnson came back to Manchester and, and put a Manchester team in the Hartford Twilight League. Tom Kelly was a pitcher, a mm-hmm. uh, really good pitcher, who I believe um, uh, made it up to the majors with the Cleveland Indians until he hurt his arm. Wow. And Atlanta Braves eventually. And, and, and the Atlanta Braves. Mm-hmm. There, were, there were other players like uh, Mark Manette, uh, just a, a series of really, really good baseball players. Mm-hmm. And American Legion, American Legion baseball at that time, unfortunately not anymore, but at that time, that was about the highest level of baseball you could get to um, short of uh, minor leagues or, or college baseball yeah. teams. Uh, but Mount Nebo was the focal point of baseball in Manchester with those, with those Legion teams. Um, my personal experience in Manchester with sports was started with Little League, mm-hmm. and the Manchester uh, Little League program was, was, was excellent. I mean, Little League was, was started uh, right after World War II, and uh, in Manchester, I think it was 1950 when we got the, the Little League program started. And the, the, the people in the town of Manchester, it's a volunteer organization, mm-hmm. really put a lot of hard work into the Little League program to the point where at one point there were actually three Little League leagues in Manchester, American League, National League, International League. Right. Each league had six teams. That's 18 teams supported by the community. Wow, yeah. And in fact... Two years ago, in 2021, the Manchester Little League All-Star team, because every year ends with an All-Star team being selected and then they play an All-Star schedule, uh, the Manchester Little League team became the first Manchester team to make it to Williamsport, the Little League World Series. That, wow. was, that was in 2021. So that, that, was, that, was, a, that was a highlight. Wow, um, yeah. But I have to go back to the Manchester Recreation Department. The Manchester Recreation Department goes out of its way to, to put in uh, a tremendous amount of sports programming, starting with really young age, kids 6, 7, 8, 9, uh, playing soccer, playing basketball, tennis lessons. Uh, you, you name the sport, swimming. Mm. Swimming was, uh, you know, getting kids to, to learn how to swim, uh, teaching kids to learn how to swim was a big point of emphasis in Manchester, uh, particularly at the town pools, but also down at Globe Hollow. Mm-hmm. And an individual who worked in the school system, a Mr. Tom Kelly, mm-hmm. 
uh, affectionately known as TK. Uh, he was a, the, the, uh, in charge of the town's uh, swimming instruction program. And everybody who grew up in Manchester took swimming lessons at, at either the pools or Globe Hollow yeah. to learn how to swim. And then a lot of them went on to be lifeguards and mm-hmm. uh, participate in competitive swimming and, and swim teams. It was, uh, again, I have to go back to the Manchester Rec Department. Uh, they just put such an emphasis on, on sports and making available for everybody uh, sports programming in Manchester. Yeah, yeah, that's so important. Yeah, the, the the range of sports and the accessibility of that, you know, that that gives everybody the opportunity. I think that's a great thing. And and Nate is right. You know, the traditional sports that we kind of we kind of got used to the, you know, the football, the baseball, mm-hmm. the basketball, where you just you know basketball, you need a ball. <laughs> All you need is the ball. You go down and you shoot baskets. And baseball, you you, you know you can use an old beaten up glove and a bat and a ball and go down to one of the many, many baseball fields in town and have a, you know, pick up baseball game and football. There, there, there's, there's the equipment involved and uh, Manchester had a nice uh, midget league and pony league football program. Mm -hmm. But now, you know, we've gotten away from, from those sports where you don't need a lot of money to play to the sports where you do need a lot of money, the hockey, mm-hmm. the lacrosse, mm-hmm. and, and some of those other sports. And we've, it's, it's hurt some of the other sports a, a, a little bit. And I'll give you an example. Manchester Little League now only has one league as opposed to the three leagues that I knew mm-hmm. growing up. So, but on the other hand, you still have kids playing sports or just playing some of the other, right. uh, the yeah, other sports. Right, a little more varied. Right, yeah. exactly, yeah. exactly. Okay, interesting. So have you guys also noticed that that kind of shift and change from it being maybe you know kind of focusing on baseball almost and then did you did you see that transition no to other sports what was that like you know kind of from going from Mount Nebo and you know thousands of people watching baseball games or football games to you know kind of all over the place Well I think as as these sports grew in importance mm-hmm. uh, like I used to caddy at the at the country club you know oh, okay, golfing yeah. but unheard of for me to play golf you know it just <laughs> no, it just it just wouldn't happen yeah. but that evolved you know where eventually you got carts and you got a little more sophisticated and people were able to play these different kind of sports there's one interesting thing that happened uh you know i don't know when it ended but i think it was shortly after world war ii major league players didn't play on sunday <clears throat> and they used to come to harford and to manchester and one interesting, what's his name of the, uh, he was a milk uh, dealer. He lived on, uh, I can't think of his name. Keeney, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Keeney. Oh, the Keeney Farms. Yeah. yeah. Keeney Farm, okay. And he played, if I remember correctly, second base. And he was due to, up to bat, and they put in a pinch hitter. You know who? Babe Ruth. Babe Ruth. Wow. Right. Right. Wow. <laughs> That's quite a tribute to have uh, something he, like that. He happen. was a... a he was a very good ball player. He was a good Keeney. ball player. So he was outstanding. Ball See, we had a tremendous yeah. Twilight League mm-hmm. uh, with some great teams, and, and they were emotional playing, you know, where people in sports, I don't like fighting, but certain things can, can excite you where you have a fight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, there used to be some excitement every once in a while. <laughs> yeah. one, one time, there was a fellow by the name of Billy Pagani, who actually came from Italy, came from the same town my folks came from, and he sponsored a team. He was a barber. Yeah. And something happened that went wrong, 
and they used to pass the hat. Mm -hmm. And he had the money with the bag full of money. And he ran out in the field and he hit the guy over the head with it. And <laughs> went flying all over the place. Wow. You know? Wow. <laughs> but uh, that was... Uh, that was the emotional kind of thing. And people were following these things. They, they really thought the world of them. They yeah. were. And just that, to see the players that, that would come from other locales to be uh, playing a game in Manchester. And, and even uh, it wasn't just baseball. There might have been basketball. Mm -hmm. uh, there were numerous occasions in the mid-50s when, when you had the uh, teams from, from Minnesota, Minneapolis. Mm. And they were taking their team from New York to Boston. But in between, they had some time off, and they played an exhibition game in Manchester, huh. Connecticut. And this team went on to become a, a very good professional NBA team. And wow. that's because Manchester had the facilities for yeah. those kind of contests. Right. The Manchester Armory had a basketball court that you know hosted many, many of those games from the teams that were traveling from outside the state. Wilt Chamberlain was a very good player. He only played one year in college at Kansas U. He then left to come into the NBA, but he had to have some time of his own, and he actually played for the Manchester team <laughs> against uh, the other semi-pro teams, wow. and then made his way over to, and, and uh, Will Chamberlain was a member of the uh, the, the, the uh, basketball team in, in different levels and played for the, uh, what, the, the, what was the basketball team from? Uh, in oh, the Harlem Globetrotters. Harlem Globetrotters. Right. Oh, he, played for, wow. he played for them wow. and then eventually made his way over to play in the NBA after that. Wow, yeah. that's crazy. I never but it that. was delightful. And to see Will Chamberlain playing in the Manchester Armory. This was at Clark Arena, this right. Was Clark Arena, in Manchester, right. the very first uh, season for the Manchester Arena. And, wow. and, uh, the was Army great. was a, sort of a centerpiece for a yeah. lot of the sports, like boxing matches that took place there. Willie Pep, who I'm sure you heard of, who was yeah. a featherweight champion uh, from Connecticut, he fought there. Sugar Ray Robinson, which was one of the best middleweights that ever fought, ever, he fought there. Wow. Uh, and what happened prior to that, before my time, at Cheney Hall, mm -hmm. That's where all the sports activity used to take place. Boxing, yeah. They, that's, they yeah. used to have boxing. Yeah. They used to have different things. <laughs> In fact, three U.S. presidents visited Cheney Hall. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Again, the town has the facilities. Yeah, The, yeah. the sports facilities. And, and Nate mentioned the, the Twilight League baseball. Manchester had a Twilight League baseball program, but eventually a, a, a larger program called the Hartford Twilight League yeah. took over mm. and had teams from the seven or eight surrounding towns in the Hartford, greater Hartford area. And I mentioned Gene Johnson, who was a tremendous baseball player who just didn't quite make it to the majors, mm -hmm. as I said, because he was blocked by a Hall of Famer, Eddie Matthews, at third baseman. Gene Johnson came back to Manchester and put together the team that participated uh, for Manchester in the Hartford Twilight League. Wow. And it was a very successful team. I, I don't know exactly the number of championships that they won in the Hartford Twilight League, mm -hmm. but they won multiple, multiple championships in the Hartford Twilight League. Yeah, and with Gene, that guidance, yeah. And Gene Johnson could hit, because uh, I played for a little bit in the, in the Hartford Twilight League, and he was in his 40s when I was playing in the Hartford Twilight League, and he could still hit. 
Um, and he he was a player coach, and he was the, the led the league in hitting one year in 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 his forties, in his mid to late forties. Wow! 40s. Yeah, yeah. I mean, this guy this guy could hit, but again, Manchester had the facilities when they built uh, the new Manchester High School, mm-hmm. um, yeah. which you know I understand was a little bit controversial at the time. You guys would know more than I. Uh, the the question was whether or not Manchester should build two high schools like a yeah. lot of the other towns did yeah. or one high school and the decision was made to build one large high school. And I think at the time mm-hmm. it was the largest physical plant high school in the in the state. And the basketball gym or the gym itself was called Clark Arena and it was one of the finest basketball facilities in the state of Connecticut. Wow. I think at its at its peak it could seat over 2000 people in, wow. that, in that arena. Yeah. yeah, that's where Wilt Chamberlain showed up after he played in college. Yeah. So it hosted, Clark Arena hosted more than just Manchester High School sports. It hosted a lot of other sporting wow, events. Wow, interesting, yeah. yeah. Well, yeah, just one other player of note uh, in, in basketball and baseball was a fellow by the name of Mo Mohart. Mm. And Mo Mohart was uh, picked by the Chicago Cubs. Uh, unfortunately, he was a good ball player. But he had to move over from from first base because they had a guy named Ernie Banks on that team. So to change things around a little bit. Yeah, jeez. So let's talk about that. Let's talk about because we're we're naming a lot of people now that you know what. Let's talk about the Hall of Fame a little bit and maybe even how that got started. When 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 was the when was it decided that you know we've got this sport history in Manchester that goes so deep. When was it kind of decided we need to, to well, Nate, capture that? Nate mentioned that in, in his introduction, and, he, and Nate was is one of the founding fathers of the Manchester Sports Hall of Fame, and he's correct. It was him and Steve Cassano and Earl Yost, and Earl Yost was a, a sports writer for the Manchester Evening Herald, which, by the way, was a very fine newspaper in its day. And everybody read Earl Yost's column because he, he just covered all, Everything and everybody and everything about sports in Manchester. So when Earl and Nate and Steve got together in the late 70s and came up with this concept of let's have a Manchester Sports Hall of Fame, uh, those were the three those were the three founding fathers. And that thing that thing took off. And and I think in that note, we have seen in, in recent years, there's been a very understanding and meaningful relationship with women who play sports who are now recognized in the Manchester Hall of Fame mm-hmm. for their accomplishments mm-hmm. in various sports. Good. Well, one thing I'd like to say about the women, uh, it was under the Nixon administration, which Title IX, is it? Title IX, correct, mm-hmm. yeah. I think that's one of the greatest things that was ever passed. Yeah. And let me tell you, some of the greatest enjoyments I've ever had in watching sports is the UConn women's basketball team. Mm-hmm. Because really, some of the greatest moments I've ever had is just watching UConn basketball. Mm. Not only the men's, but the women. The mm. women who are just right, fantastic. Right. So, um, some of the names in the Sports Hall of Fame, we, we can start right there with, um, and I'm, I'm sure many people who either watch or listen to this would know, but maybe some don't know. Gino Oriema is a Manchester resident. Oh, yeah. And Gino Oriema is in the Manchester Sports Hall of Fame. Rightly so. Uh, Mike Crispino. Mm-hmm. Who is uh, a sports announcer for UConn Sports is from Manchester, yeah. um, and again I'm going to ask 
my people to the right for a little help on this. I believe that one of the really good uh, UConn uh, coaches back in the uh, oh, late yes. 50s or early 50s, oh, yes. is it Hugh, is it Hugh Greer? Hugh Greer, yes. Taught, was at Manchester High School. He was a, my, yes, he was a faculty coach <laughs> at Manchester High initially. There was, and, 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 you know, yeah. eventually became... There was an announcer for the NASCAR racing. Oh, that too. He lived on Fairfield Street. He yeah. was a good friend of my brother's, and I can't think of his name. Rick Gergren. Where was Bergen. He, he, was okay. in, he was in my class, 1960, Manchester High. He was big. He was big yeah. in, in NASCAR, in NASCAR racing. Yeah. Really Interesting, yeah. yeah. So if you, and you know, if I had thought about it, I would have brought the uh, the uh, uh, pamphlet or, or uh, program from our last Manchester Sports uh, Hall of Fame induction, yeah. which lists all of the uh, members of the Manchester Sports Hall of Fame who have to have uh, a connection to the town of Manchester right. in order to be in it. Um, and you would see some very, very famous names. Ted, uh, Tony Lupian. Yeah. Tony Lupian was. He played for the. Uh, played in the bigs. Yeah, he, he played in the big leagues. Yeah. I forget what team he played for. Ba- a baseball player. Well, where where would somebody? Because people are going to listen to this. Where would some? Is it, this is a physical Hall of Fame, correct? Is there a way, or is it is it is it, is it, it a it, collection it, of yeah? Uh, it records? it it is a physical Hall of Fame with. Uh, we don't really have a. We have a home, but. Not an easily accessible home. Okay. Uh, if you went onto the Manchester Historical Society website, mm-hmm. you would find a link to the Manchester Sports Hall of Fame, and then on that link, you would see all of the um, uh, inductees in the Hall of Fame. Also, uh, again, tribute to the uh, Manchester Rec Department. If you go over to what I and Nico helped me with this, if you go over to what I know is the Mahoney Rec Center, mm-hmm. which has a yeah. different a different uh, yeah, leisure labs. Leisure yeah. labs. Yep. You're going to see later on this year, um, the entire first, second, and third floor is going to be lined with uh, portraits and and um, and uh, pamphlets of of uh, the Sports Hall of Fame, pictures of members of the Sports Hall of Fame, kind of a history of the Sports Hall of Fantastic. Fame. Fantastic. Someday, I'm hopeful. Uh, and again, as Nate alluded to, money is always an issue. Mm-hmm. Uh, Manchester should have. Uh, in my opinion, its own Manchester Historical Museum. Mm-hmm. Now, the Historical yes. Society tries to have that now, but it, but it, if we were able to house it in one specific location that was more accessible to everybody, and there would be a wing in that museum of the of the of the Sports Hall of Fame, you would get a real flavor for sports in Manchester. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. There, it's an extensive history. Manchester, mm-hmm. and I mean every every branch. You know, after doing you know this this bicentennial podcast and talking to both, I'm noticing connections between your your history with sports and just every other like the, the Cheneys, You know, everything. It is very deep. It's it's very connected. Manchester history is very connected, and and, it's, and, it's and so interesting. with with the understanding that if you go back to the to the twenties, the thirties, and forties mm-hmm. up to the war, uh, there were men and women bowling and, mm-hmm. and playing tennis. Uh, and we found photos of women basketball players for the Manchester High 1920 basketball wow, team. Oh, yeah. And it just, it, it's amazing the intensity and the interest 
that there is. Yeah. And we hope to be able to, in time, to continue showcasing that to the community as best we can. Absolutely. Yeah. Do you guys have any final thoughts on, on, on your, your, either your own personal history with sports in Manchester or just <laughs> some, anything you want to share? <laughs> Maybe we can, start, okay. we can start on the left here with that. <laughs> well, as far as I'm concerned, I'm very, very proud of the part that I played yeah. in Manchester sports. Yeah. Uh, in all areas, the Sports Hall of Fame, of course, is one of the one of the biggest achievements. Uh, but I was involved in a lot of other activities, actually helping to finance sometimes, raising money to try to get uniforms for the kids, and and it was always an easy thing to do. By the way, yeah, we had people in Manchester uh, that owned businesses. Supporting. We had a Matt Moriarty that he never had enough money to give to everybody. Nassif Arms always supported teams and. Uh, we had several people like that in Manchester that really supported these kids. Yeah. And a kid loves to put a uniform on, you know. Yeah, that. yeah. But getting to Earl Yost for just a minute, he was a tremendous sports writer. Yeah. Uh, he didn't. He didn't drink. He didn't smoke. He was clear cut. He used to go uh, to to the training camps, you know, in spring. And of course, most of the players, like uh, well, I won't mention names, <laughs> uh, were pretty heavy drinkers, which always sort of turned him off. But uh, <laughs> Earl, what he did in his columns, which I think helped to make an awful lot of kids, he used a lot of names. Mm -hmm. And you could you could uh, be playing, could be bowling in the league, okay? Mm -hmm. And you had a good score, and you're only 12 years old, and your name appears in a paper. You run to your mother and father yeah, and everybody else that wants yeah. to look at it. And he used names after names, which I think made it successful. His recall was unbelievable. Yeah. He could recall almost in every tinkle sport that individual did and what he contributed. Uh, I had a great relationship with Earl. Yeah. Uh, that, that, Nate, that's what Nate has mentioned is very, very important and critical to sports success in Manchester, mm -hmm. and that is the individuals and particularly the individual businesses that, that gave financial support. And, and the Moriarty Brothers, Moriarty Brothers uh, deal, car dealership and, and, and fuel company was a very big supporter, Nassif Arms. Um, those businesses have, have uh, gone out of business, they're, right. they're, they're passed on. Uh, right now in town, we have the Devaney family with Highland Park Market. And if you go to Highland Park Market and you ask them for this, that, or the other thing, and particularly when it comes to sports, you got it. They're yeah. going to they're gonna, they're gonna support it. The yeah. inclusion of, of people in, of sports that want to play uh, are very much respected, and it would be very helpful if we have a continuance of getting people involved, young people. Mm. And through, whether it's a, a, a store in town or, or an organization, to, to get people aware of that, hey, you know, I can play, I can be involved. And it's, it's for men and women and people in various sports. And my hope and, and prayer is that we can see that happen and kind of evolve once again to bring people to yeah. to be party to what we do. If anything, sports has changed. You know, the attitude towards sports maybe has changed a little bit. But also, I think we can still see with like with all the facilities that we still have, still maintaining, still keeping going. The little league is is, is you know yeah like you said had taken off. Had you know what we got to the to the. Um, World's the World World Series. I think that's incredibly impressive. Um, 
and I think that you guys helped. You know, you your involvement helped shape that a lot. I just want to make one more comment. The beat goes on. The beat I think, goes on. I think the greatest thing that the United States of America is going for it, especially Manchester, Connecticut, is sports. Once you have a child, and they enroll in sports, male or female. They teach discipline, mm -hmm. they teach organization, mm -hmm. they teach respect, they teach you how to live, and they teach you how to treat others. Yeah. And I think it's a training period that every kid, if he has the opportunity to go through it, should go through it because it's a, it's a great lesson. And my, and my last personal comment is with absolutely no pressure or suggestion at all from either me or my wife, I have three daughters who all, after college, settled in Manchester. I have five grandchildren who live in Manchester, and they came back to Manchester. My daughters came back to Manchester because they love Manchester, mm -hmm. and all of their children, my five grandchildren, are all involved in Manchester sports. Mm -hmm. And that wasn't because we said, hey, you, gotta have to, you have to come yeah. live in Manchester. It's because they wanted to. Yeah, yeah, and that's a testament. And a lot of it, a lot of it has to do with the sports offerings in the town of Manchester. Yeah. Well, I want to thank you guys very much for being here today. Thank you for sharing all of your stories. I hope that everybody can take a little bit of that you know, home with them. They can carry that around with them. When they're driving by the fields, maybe they'll see it in a little bit of a different... It's not just a, a park anymore now. It's that's that that's history. Every every one of those parks, every one of those fields is a piece of history where amazing things happened. There was a lot of passion and on those fields, a lot of a lot of things going down. Sure. And I, I I think you guys sharing that, I hope that people yeah. can continue that on. It's great of that. what was and what is. Yeah. Absolutely. And, and like you said, and the beat goes on. And I, I hope I hope that Manchester continues to support its sports teams and support its, its you know, getting kids involved, getting kids moving, active as well. I think there's a lot of benefits to that. So thank you guys for sharing today and for, for helping us out and kind of get that message out. Thank you for having us. Yeah, thank, thank you. you yes. All right.